This is Caps PA announcer Wes Johnson, and you're listening to Book the Pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck. It is a Washington Capitals podcast, which means it's a podcast about your 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Well, we got uh, a couple games, just a few, but I feel like this is like a hockey soap opera we're talking about all the time now because the stuff that's going on off the ice seems like it's a little bit more interesting than the things going on the ice. But joining me to talk all about it, Coach Dan, what's going on, man? How you doing? Well, I'm not too bad. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, feeling all right. So let's talk about what happened, at least on the ice, to start off the show. The Caps went one and one with a loss to the Islanders and then a win over Columbus. What were some of your takeaways from those two games? So just it's a short week for us. So two games. That's all we got to talk about. Uh, one win, one loss. What worked? What didn't work in this this two game series? Well, the Islanders game didn't work, given they it got sh- they got shut out again. And I think up until, if I have this correct, up until the goal against Columbus, they hadn't, is it they hadn't scored a goal? Or they hadn't held a lead against a team in the division? Let me look over the schedule real quick as we're talking, but I I, I feel like I heard that on Caps this morning or somewhere. I mean, let's see. No, they definitely scored against the division because they got four on Jersey, so that didn't make any sense. But I think it was they hadn't held a lead. I don't know. Either way, they they did not play well against the Islanders, and then they played better against Columbus. Now, to be fair, they were coming off three wins in a row. They started the season one, three, and one, but have now gone four and one since. So it's not, they're not playing terrible. better. No, it, no, it's not. I mean, going four and one in five games, I'll take that. If you can do that every, you know, every five games, go four and one, you're making the playoffs and you're a very good hockey team. So I don't have a problem with the way necessarily they played lately. Like every once in a while, you're going to have a stinker. I think to an extent, we have been a little bit, you know, we're looking at things a little bit differently just because of the fact that they were garbage at the beginning of the season and just not playing well. They got beat up by the Penguins and it looked pretty dire at first. And so that four and one since then, while it's better, we're still seeing things that are not so great. They're still struggling to score goals. I mean, they beat Columbus two to one. They haven't scored. I switched the things up on the Caps website where the schedule actually like switched between the months. Why can't people just leave stuff alone? Anyway, it worked. You know, it worked. Why? Why mess with it? I mean, to an ex- it did work to an extent. Like they were been certain games uh, struggling to score goals, and some of that is. I think a lot of that can be attributed to learning that new system, and I think we have to keep you know giving this team opportunities to improve to progress and see what they do going forward i think by the end of the month we're really going to have a better idea in terms of like what this team is because we saw like remember when they won the cup right around thanksgiving we were like is trust getting fired right like this team is struggling and then at the end of the season they're hoisting the cup so what happens now isn't necessarily going to happen later on but if you know if you have a bad start to the season you got to have a nice run if you want to make the playoffs and actually and if you get something out of your season. So let's just see how the rest of this month goes. I mean, they still got a 
a fair amount of home games. They have, uh, let's see, before that, at the end of the month, they go out to California. But they got, of their next seven games, five of them are at home. And I think the the ones that are away up up until the uh, California trip, they're all you know pretty close. I, I think what you you might not even have to get on a plane. You've got what uh, New Jersey, Take a train up, New Jersey, and New York, and that's it. Like that's that's easy. That, that's easy travel. That's a day trip. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you could come back. I mean, that kind of a hassle though. Do you want to like just spend the night? Because you have back to back New Jersey upcoming this Friday, then Saturday you're on Long Island. And then you have two days off before the defending cup champs come to visit on Tuesday. Do you spend, I would imagine they spend the night on Saturday and then head back yeah. home Sunday, probably sure. have like a, a brief practice Sunday practice Monday game on Tuesday, optional skate Tuesday morning. If I had to guess, let me ask you this, just since you're just talking about practice though, I brought this up on the, the show that uh, you were out for, and I, I wish you were there to, to, to talk about this a little bit with me, but let's talk about it now. Spencer Carberry has this, um, this idea that the day of a game, the morning skate is optional for everybody. He, you know, if you want to come and skate in the morning uh, of a game, you can, but you don't have to. It is it is not mandatory. It is optional. That is a Spencer Carberry call. What do you think of that call? Because this is a youngish team. It's also a, a very old team as well. So if you've got guys like Alex Ovechkin or TJ Oshie, some of the older players, John Carlson, uh, maybe you want them to to kind of save up some of their energy for for game time, and you don't want them to waste it or potentially get hurt in a practice. What are your thoughts on him making those morning skates on game day optional? I, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I feel like if one of the guys feels like they need that extra work, they're going to do, they're going to get in there and get that work done. And I feel like if they're an older guy who, you know, a little bit of extra rest, a little bit of extra time in, you know, the, the medical with the medical staff, you know, could benefit them getting that, you know, longer massage or something, getting those legs going, those hamstrings going, whatever it is, lower backs, whatever issues they may have, you know, having those things looked at and getting an extra opportunity to, to stay off the ice and get that little bit of extra rest for them, I think is a good thing. I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I don't think it's necessarily hurting or, I mean, it could only, I mean, it could be both hurting and helping the team. I don't think it's really necessarily either right now. I think it just kind of is their style and it's what they're doing. And I don't have a problem with it at the moment. I'm have with everything else that's going on with this team. That seems like the least of my concerns right now. Like stop hitting the post with the puck. That's my concern right now. <laughs> like their shooting percentage is second worst in the league right now. That's a problem. Is it just bad puck luck or, or what? Why, why is it, you know, why does it seem like that post has a magnet in it and that these, these pucks are just going straight for it? Well, it does have a magnet. That's the problem. <laughs> it's it's somehow they're turning it on and off depending on who has that no. uh yeah the caps have the clock they're like whoop, whoop, they hit that button um no i you know i don't know it's it, i have to wonder after the first you know five games where they went one three and one are they sort of gripping the sticks a little tighter and trying to be a little bit more precise with their shots and that's how you end up hitting the post more and you know now that they've kind of got a couple more wins i think if they can keep doing that and keep winning some games they'll loosen up a bit start to feel a little bit better um, and you have to imagine it's just a little bit. It's just bad luck. And that just can't continue. Like statistically, I have to imagine that I, I'm not a math guy, but I have to imagine statistically, this is not going to continue happening. And so at some point, 
they're going to have the puck bounce their way. And ideally they're going to start scoring more goals because right now you've got arguably the greatest goal scorer of all time or trying to be the greatest goal scorer of all time. He's only got two goals to start the season. Like what are the odds that that's going to continue to be a thing? Yeah, I, I, that's very interesting because this this is a giant spotlight on Alex Ovechkin, as it always is. But this season, especially because he is getting so close to Gretzky uh, with those goals. But for him to kind of come out the gate a little flat footed is is a little bit of a concern. Uh, I mean, I mean, I know the guy is 38 years old. Do you expect him to be a 50 goal uh, score every single season still at 38? Uh, I guess he's got to slow down sometime. But if you listen to the the Locked On Capitals podcast, which we've been guests on before, uh, if you listen to that show, he actually brought up the fact that Alex Ovechkin switched sticks in this offseason. Do you think that potentially the fact that Alex Ovechkin has switched sticks could potentially be the reason why he's not in the back of the net more often now? I mean, I do wonder, we've seen that before. Like, remember Mike Green had a, was it Mike Green had a certain stick he always liked to play with and then, the company uh, stopped yeah. making them and he switched and he was like, this is just terrible. Like, I mean, he didn't do that, but like he couldn't score goals for a bit. And so but I do f- think fans, extent, fans like, were coming to him though. Right. Fans were coming with like sticks yeah, he had like given had away. <laughs> or like they and had like, here, a, you can have it. Give us one back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Take it. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I imagine. Yes. To an extent. It's a, I think it's a little bit of that. It's a different system. I think, you know, everybody's kind of struggling a little bit in terms of getting their points, unless you're Dylan Strom, apparently. So, I mean, he's, it's not like Ovechkin's not playing well. He's leading the team in points. He's got two goals and six assists in 10 games. So it's, he's clearly producing. He's just not producing himself in terms of putting the puck in the net, but he's setting other guys up, but he's on a line with Strom. Strom's doing well in terms of goals. He's got six goals, no assists still, which is still weird. And, He's on line with Tom Wilson, who's got three goals and three assists. So clearly things are going well for the top line. It's just a matter of Ovechkin starting to score a bit more. And so that's going to come. That's going to happen, especially as, you know, that weird lack of puck luck starts to go their way. Then I think things will change and, and things will start going their way. Well, I mean, while it is very strange that Alex Ovechkin is not being the goal scorer he once was, it's very out of place for him. I do like the fact on this team that you do have guys like Sonny Milano, Connor McMichael, uh, Dylan Strome that uh, have been stepping up and and kind of filling that void. Sonny Milano especially, he's looked really good this, this year. And I like the fact that we've got some of these younger guys that are buying into this system. Uh, because that's going to be important since they're going to be the future of this team. I mean, the concern I have with Milano right now is dude's got three points in nine games. Yeah. Like I'd like to see some more, some more, I mean, goal scoring would be great, but just points in general from Sonny Milano. But if we're looking at guys that aren't necessarily producing from a, a, a points standpoint, that was not great how I structured that sentence. But right now we've got one point in an assist from TJ Yoshi in 10 games. We've got, while he's been playing better, a goal and assist for Anthony Mantha in nine games. Milano, two goals and one assist in nine games. Matthew Phillips, who I know is not like a you know prolific goal scorer, but he's got one goal and two assists in 10 games. Connor McMichael, two goals and one assist in 10 games. Kuznetsov, one and four in 10. Like you want to see those numbers start to go up. 
Because if they don't, then this team certainly has a problem on their hands. Now, with that said, we know that they're looking to acquire a top six, probably mid-20s age-wise winger. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of if that happens, who's going out as a result of that, who's coming in. You know, are they going to be... I know they wanted to find someone over the summer and it never worked out. So I'm curious to see who they're going to find now. I have to imagine, you know, at the beginning of the season, we don't see a lot of trades because teams kind of want to see what they have. And then maybe in the next week or so, you might see a trade or two as teams going, well, you know what? This didn't work or this isn't working or this guy isn't working with the new head coach or something like that. And they decided to move someone out. So it'll be interesting to see, but we need to see more production. So these games aren't so close. I mean, Caps fans are having years shed off their lives with how many games are, you know, they're winning by one goal. And it's like, can we, can we get a little breathing space, please? Can I, can I feel good at the end of a game? The, the gray in my beard, I'm going to blame on the Capitals. I Probably think not that's their fault, fair. but. hundred <laughs> percent. That's fair. So let's talk a little bit about uh, Brian McClellan, what he talked about when he spoke to the media. Um, he brought up Anthony Mantha and allegedly he is still shopping around that contract. He came close in this offseason to getting Anthony Mantha out the door, uh, but uh, it didn't happen. He's still trying to unload that contract. He hasn't been able to find any buyers. However, with Anthony Mantha being kind of on the uptick and, and doing you know, better somewhat well, for this team and getting on the, the goal sheet. I mean, that potentially could bring some suitors our way and have the uh, Anthony Mantha potentially get traded and going someplace else. So I think him being successful on the ice, you know, could bode well for him and it could bode well for the Capitals. Yeah. I think you and I talked about this before in terms of if Mantha produces one is the Caps go, well, never mind, we're keeping this guy. But he's scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent after the season, which also kind of helps his trade value because if you're a team that acquires him and it doesn't work, you're like, well, see ya. We try. Or, you know, if you're a team that it does work, you have first dibs on signing him to a longer deal. Now, considering he turns, he just turned, well, not just, but he turned 29 back in the middle of September. You know, he's looking for probably his next big long contract before he starts to get in sort of towards, you know, towards the end of his career. And so if I'm Mantha, I'm trying to play my, you know, what off because I either want to prove myself to the capitals or I want to prove myself to another NHL team that I'm worth signing because if he continues to play poorly, I, he's going to get, he's not going to get a good contract. He'll get a one-year deal, probably not for much money in the off season in this upcoming summer. So I, you know, it's tough to see exactly what they're going to do with him. There were rumors that I forget where I read this, but there was a rumor that he was almost on his way to Montreal this summer for, is it Joel Armia who has one more year left on his deal in Montreal and that he's a not, he doesn't really fit the profile of what they need to be bringing in. He's a 30 year old winger. He's got two years left on his deal with a cap hit of 3.4. So he's, he costs less, you know, you'd be saving 2.35 in cap space, but he's not a big goal scorer. Like this is a third line guy you're bringing in. But if you move him, if you know, if you move out Mantha, bring in Armia, he's playing on the third line. And then you bring in another winger, a mid, you know, mid twenties, like, a, you know, 24, 25, 26 year old winger to play in, that can play in the top six that can score goals or, or set guys, other guys up to score. Yeah. Then, you know, you got a little bit more cap space. You got a little more freedom. With Backstrom now, 
excuse me, un- looking like it's unlikely he's going to be playing any more, uh, any other point during this season, they got a ton of cap space to play with. So there, there's opportunities here for the Capitals to do something. They just got to find someone that is willing to uh, play with them, I guess, if I was going to continue with that sort of analogy. Uh, but word is the Caps are not willing to add any sort of incentives to a trade regarding Mantha. Like they're not willing to throw in a prospect to get the deal done. And that may have to be the case at some point. I mean, it's a hard sell. Yes, the guy would be a rental uh, if it didn't work out, but he does have a hefty price tag uh, on him as well. So that would be kind of difficult to offer to, to a team for a guy that may or may not work out. So moving on from Anthony Mantha talk, McClellan did bring up the fact that Nicholas Backstrom, like you said, uh, doesn't look like he's going to be playing for the rest of the year. So it's still kind of like murky as to like what happened. I don't think they ever announced like an injury or anything like that. It just kind of seemed like one day Nick Backstrom came out and was like, yeah, I can't I can't do it anymore. I mean, for a guy that played in the summer over in Sweden, he, you know, he played half the season last year. He played the training camp, the preseason. I mean, he was not saying anything felt odd or anything felt off this training camp or the beginning of this season. So it is weird that just out of nowhere, it was announced, you know, Nick Backstrom stepping away from hockey and no fault of his own. Like if he doesn't feel right and he wants to step away, that is complete. We went over this last week. That is totally completely Backstrom's call and fully support him no matter what. But it, it, it is it weird to you? Is it odd to you that just kind of like out of nowhere, it was like, I got to step away from hockey you know, it, it just felt kind of odd after eight games that he just kind of is stepping away. And and there's like talk of him, you know, potentially never playing again at all. I mean, not really. I, I was a little surprised that it kind of came up so early in the season, but it sounds like his hip was just not where he felt comfortable playing and he needed to step away to get an opportunity to to get things right for him, for his hip, for his life, for his career. And it's one of those things where it's disappointing for him, right? Like for us fans, yeah, it's unfortunate that we, you know, he had to step away, but it's not really any of our business in terms of, you know, what's going on. Like it is what it is. Players retire, they're done playing, things happen all the time. But when it, a player retires when he clearly doesn't want to yet. That's when you're kind of like, Oh, that sucks. Like yeah. that's, I'm honestly, this is what it is. It sucks because this is a, is a hall of fame player. This is at least with the capitals, if not with the NHL, this is a guy who's had an amazing career and his number is going to go up in the rafters. Though I still don't understand why Bondra and Kolzig aren't. And he's a guy that meant a lot to this team, to the organization, to the fans. And for him not to be able to end his career, the way that he wants to is I think what really is just sucks. You know, if it was like, if he's, you know, he's like, Hey guys, I'm done after this season. Like, I'm just feeling like I'm out. Then I'm like, you know, you clap it up and you're like, you know, it's a little earlier than we all kind of expected, but Hey, you do you buddy. And it it's not like, Oh my God, Andrew luck where he just like one day was like, deuces. I'm out. (laughs) See everybody. Going back to Backstrom, it really, it just sucks. It sucks that it had to end this way. You know, there's going to be a day where he obviously is going to retire and there's going to be a day when Ovechkin retires and 
Oshi and everybody else. And it's, it's not going to feel like that same capitals team. And I, we can kind of talk about how like this caps team still kind of figuring out these players and getting attached to them. And there's going to be a, a period where there's a transition to the next guys and Carl's even Carlson retires, but then, you know, Wilson takes over as sort of the, the old time veteran guy. And it's weird. It's just, it's disappointing. Sorry, I'm repeating myself at this point, but it's like, it's disappointing that he's has to end it likely end it not on his terms. And let's hope McClellan's yeah. wrong. Like maybe he's like, screw you, Brian. Like I'm going to go and you feel better and I'm coming back. But I just, I don't know. So I just, what, what is it's a lot of time the... out without hockey? Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. I can't imagine him coming back, but for McClellan to come out and say Backstrom is likely done for the season. I mean, McClellan's usually pretty tight lipped about things. So for him to come out and say that it's, that's probably a surefire chance. Like, I mean, it's Backstrom's not coming back, but if he is put on long-term injury reserve, and if he's not going to be back the rest of the season, I, I assume that's where he would be. But what does that mean for the team moving forward? If he is on long-term injury reserve, does that mean they have, you know, $9 million to play with. Does that mean that they're going to try to bring somebody into it to be the next Nick Backstrom? Or are they going to think like, Hey, we got enough talent in the minors. That's where we're going to get all. That's where we're going to get the next star from. Obviously the spotlight right now is on Connor McMichael who took that spot after Nick Backstrom announced that. So obviously Connor McMichael is the guy at the moment, but is that, you know, are they thinking long-term that he is going to be that guy? I, mean, I think they're hoping. I asked you like 14 questions there. I'm sorry. I should have, I should have written them down. Okay, one thing at a time. Let's see. Are they hoping for McMichael to be the guy? Yes. I mean, that definitely yeah. saves them. Uh, honestly, it saves you extra work and having to be like, well, all right, now we got to go find a third line center. We're like, look, look, we have one. We found this guy and he's great. I don't, you know, we can put him in and then eventually he'll kind of hope, ideally, work his way up into the, you know, second or first line. Um, because then we make space for Lapierre. And so I I think it makes a lot of sense to give McMichael the first. And that's what McClellan even came out and said during his, his press conference. was like, McMichael's, he's getting the first shot. And then we'll see. In terms of Backstrom's cap hit, like, my understanding of how it works is once he's on long-term injury reserve, and I, I should look this up beforehand. I'm still trying to figure out exactly how it works. But I think maybe it's you have to be on injured reserve for a certain amount of time before you can go on long-term injury reserve. And so teams can't like cheat their way to hiding money more or less and, and saving cap space. And so, yes, eventually it's and be, as you go into the season, it's like their cap hits less and less and whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is they'll have a ton of money to play with. So his $9.2 million cap hit or some, you know, amount of that comes off of the books essentially once he's on, or they, sorry, it's they can go above the cap ceiling that much because his money is is um, on LTIR. And so when that happens, they have, you know, the ability to make moves. So, you know, in theory, could they trade, if they know Backstrom's done, they could trade Mantha for a dude that costs more because they'll have that money to play with. You know, Mantha's plus whatever amount of Backstrom's. Now they also have to be aware that they're going to need to sign a bunch of guys this offseason to new deals. If if you want to bring back Anthony Mantha, McMichael is going to be restricted free agent. Alexi Protis, Matthew Phillips, Beck Mallison are all going to be restricted free agents. 
Um, and Phillips and Mallison are, are eligible for arbitration, which makes things a little more interesting. You got to resign Rasmus Sandin. You got to sign if you want Hardy, him, and Actel, and Lucas Johansson, who may or may not want to sign. Charlie Lindgren. Oh no, he's got one more year in his deal. Sorry, looked at that wrong. And then if you want to bring back, if it works out, Max Pacioretty or Joel Edmondson, uh, Edmondson, those guys, and Nicholas Albe Kubel, they all will need new deals. Let's see who else is in the minors. Joe Snively will need a new deal potentially. You got a couple guys. They're probably not making the roster, so don't have to worry about it. But you've got a number of guys that are going to need new contracts. And then the year after that, you've got Kuznetsov, Oshi, Lapierre will be in need of new deals. And Alex Alexiev, Nick Dowd, like those guys will all be looking at needing a new deal after next season. So they, they everyone that you just named, I feel like Rasmus Sandin the is the roster. Only, well, I feel like Rasmus Sandin is the only guy you would want to resign. I don't see anybody there that Nick is Michael, Protus, Phillips, Mallinston. And none of those guys are going to cost a ton. Sandin, Hammond Actel, I think you do because it's good depth. I mean, Alexia, if you, if you can sign Alexia, well, he just signed a new deal. So maybe yeah, you wait until next year. Lucas Johansson, because you don't want to necessarily get rid of the depth or you move him on and you know, kind of trade spots with another rookie or um, a guy who get, can't quite crack the lineup. Um, you, who else? Snively would be nice to have back because he's local. Albe Kubel is good depth. I just don't think he necessarily will want to come back because he'll want to have a, an opportunity to play in the NHL. So, I mean, there's a, there's a, they got a lot of work to do is my point. And if you don't sign guys, then you got to go find new guys or yeah. are ready for a young guy to fill into the guy's spot who's leaving. So they got a lot of work to do. I, you know, the disappointing thing is that Nick Backstrom is an amazing player. He's a, he's a franchise player, once in a lifetime kind of player. And he doesn't get to end the career on his terms, but it does give the team the opportunity. It does give the team money to play with, to continue to retool this roster, to make them more competitive. They definitely need to be more competitive. And the, the lineup of guys that you have said have contracts coming up this year, I mean, like Beck Malenstein, Matthew Phillips, those those players, I, uh, uh, Alexis Pro, uh, Alexia Prodas, like, I think those guys are good. I like them. But, you know, if they're expecting to make millions of dollars, I don't think this is the place for them. I think they're, they're okay, but they are not going to win you a Stanley Cup. Hey, man, you never know. Probably would have said the same thing. No offense to him, but, like, Devontae Smith-Felly didn't really do sure. a lot offensively, I should say, in the regular season. And then dude came out of nowhere. You know, they they won the cup with a guy named Jay Beagle. Hey, don't you don't you disrespect the Beags? Oh, uh, no, I'm I. I loved Beags. He was great on the team. His last name's funny. It's a dog. So and he doesn't you know. have one. And then what? Uh, dog. He doesn't have a dog. He he doesn't have a beagle. I mean, I it's assumed you. Would I mean, get a it's beagle, right but. there for you, Jay. Come on. To an extent, you almost wanted Backstrom. This is stupid to say because people were. I think we talked about this last week. People were like, "Oh, come, we didn't decide during the summer because dude wanted to keep playing hockey, and just didn't work out." But you can still make trades. You can still make moves in the off season, and this gives them an opportunity to really sit back and look at this roster. I mean, they have a lot of money to play with now, and they're going to have a ton to play with going into next season in terms of the salary cap. So there's a good opportunity to rebuild this roster. And now that gives them the chance to, to go out and acquire a guy who is a bit more expensive. 
So Connor McMichael, Connor McMichael, I, ah, I broke the bit. I was trying to, I was saying, Connor McDavid, come on down. Sounds like he's not <laughs> loving it in Edmonton right now, given their struggles. Hey, man, you want to come live in D.C.? Uh, D.C. is it's, it's a nice place. You can I mean, really, we, you want to come live in northern Virginia? Yeah. <laughs> well, anything else we should cover here in Caps World? Uh, nah. Oh, you know what? I take that back. Sorry. We do have a couple quick bits. Uh, Max Pacioretty started skating on his own. McCollin says he thinks that they will be practicing with the team closer to the end of November. So that'll be nice to That's see. I mean, he's a veteran guy. Can't hurt to have him in the locker room. And then why are the standings on their website? Just I. Oh, my God. They're daily. That's annoying. I hope the stats aren't the same way, because then everything I just said is about their stats is wrong. No, they are unfortunately still correct. Oh, that's depressing in a way. But the standings were off. The Caps are not second to last in the division. You know who's the last in the division? The Penguins. Ha ha! Yay! We are fifth. Though we've played two less games than Carolina, and if we get win both of those games in hand, then we would be above them by a point. So, suck it, Rod Brindamore. And, um... Uh, one of the things we took. Oh, uh, Nick Dowd and Joel Edmondson, who I talked about a moment ago in terms of needing a new contract after the season from someone, maybe DC, maybe not. Uh, they are potentially going to be practicing with the team towards the end of the week. So it's likely we will see Mr. Lapierre make. Did he already get sent down? I don't think so, but it's likely we no, will see. No, I don't think so. No, he's still uh, centering the fourth line. He will likely uh, be heading back to the AHL leading Hershey Bears shortly. What have you thought about his time in the NHL so far? He's been okay. He's been a young guy kind of thrown into it. He's He's been fine. You know? Yeah. I don't, know if he's, he, I don't know if he's quite there yet. I think he needs a little bit more time. I think he should go and, you know, go down, play on a really good Hershey Bears team, you know, try and dominate the AHL. And uh, we'll see you in D.C. next season. I like that they called him up already. I do like that. I like that they're giving him an opportunity. I think these, it's good experience for him. And I think we will see, you know, providing of course that he has a good season. We'll see him. We'll see him next year on the third or fourth line. I would also like to see him kind of start on the wing. Just like, I think it makes sense. They did the same thing with Baxter with Marcus Johansson. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting the wing and then move over. So I wouldn't mind seeing that for LaPierre. What do you think? Should we go talk about some Hershey bears? Yeah, we might as well. All right, sounds good. Well, that's it for Caps World. We're going to take a quick break, and there's going to be a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back with Down on the Farm. everybody here we go we're going down on the farm we are talking hershey bears and south carolina stingrays coach dan tell us what is going on down on the farm well let's start in hershey where the bears went two and one with wins over lehigh valley and bridgeport they're currently first in the atlantic division with 16 points now they'll be back at it this weekend with a home and home starting on saturday in lehigh valley before hosting them at the Giant Center on Sunday. Down in South Carolina, the Stingrays went 1-3 with a win over Jacksonville. They're currently fifth in the South Division with seven points through eight 
games. They had a game at like 1030 this morning, and I don't understand that. What? Was it like bring your school group day or something? Like, why did I read their schedule wrong? Like, what the heck? I don't understand this. That's weird. Anyways, they'll be back at it on Friday, hosting Atlanta at the North Charleston Coliseum before heading to Jacksonville next Tuesday. Let's go back up to Hershey, where the Cubs announced that their new mascot will be named Cubby. The Cubs mascot is Cubby. It works, but it's not very clever. Now, Cubby officially made his, its yeah, I don't know, first appearance at this past Sunday's game where it was joined by Coco from the Hershey Bears and the Calder Cup. My son, huge fan of Coco. Here's my question, though, about Cubby. Mm-hmm. The Hershey Cubs are owned by Bruce Boudreaux, who has a nickname of Gabby. Why did you name the mascot Gabby? Mascots feel like aren't it's right supposed there. to talk. So, well, if, if Bruce Boudreaux is talking to kids the way he talked to the team during like HBO's twenty four seven, he's going to get canceled real quick. Yeah, that's not a good idea. That would, <laughs> that would, that would, that would be bad. In other Caps prospect news, the t- other Caps prospect, the, the Cubbies a Caps prospect. I don't know what I just said, but anyways, the team loaned forward Alexander Suzalev to Mora Ik in Sweden's second division. The talented prospect was unable to get into Hershey's roster. You know what? He gets an opportunity to go after he had a, a really good juniors, a really good time in juniors, playing really well. Couldn't crack the roster in Hershey. He's going to go and play in a men's league over in Sweden. They'll bring him back next season to see what's going on. No problems with this. Gets him an opportunity to get some more ice time because he wasn't getting it up in Pennsylvania. That's what's going on down on the farm. So I'm trying to look at the Stingrays Facebook figure out why that they played at 10:30 this morning because they did in fact play at 10:30 this morning. Mm-hmm. Against the Solar Bears. That was a 3-1 loss unfortunately, but no does not say why or anything as to why that is, but that's really odd. Also, looking at their Facebook, we should mention more South Carolina Stingray uh, news. Congratulations to Brad Dexter and Jason Fitzsimmons, who are a former Stingrays and have been selected for the 2024 ECHL Hall of Fame. So congrats to them. That's pretty cool. But anyway, early morning puck on a Tuesday. You do you, South Carolina. You do you. Go Bears. Go Stingrays. We're going to take another quick break, and then we're going around the NHL and beyond. Plenty of stuff going on around the NHL and beyond in the world of hockey. Coach Dan, catch us up. What's going on around the NHL and beyond? Let's start in Calgary, where Winger, it's early in the season, so there's not a ton of news, but there apparently have been a a bunch of people being buttheads in the NHL. That's what we got going on. So in Calgary, Winger Andrew Mangiapane, there are far too many consonants in that name, uh, he was suspended for one game for cross-checking Seattle's Jared McCann. That's not nice. Like, I don't understand. Also, how hard do you have to cross-check somebody to get suspended? Like, does your stick have to break? I didn't want to see the video because 
break on a guy's head? No, because Abby uh, illegal checked the head, which was everybody last week. So two Uh, weeks ago, two weeks ago was check somebody in the head week. This week is just cross-checking week, apparently. I actually missed a few fines from earlier this season. I totally forgot to check those. So I'm going to go back in time a little bit and catch us all up. So back in early October, Los Angeles' Philip Denault was fined five grand for slashing Colorado's Ross Colton. Philadelphia's Garnett Hathaway. Remember Hathaway? That's uh, your buddy. That guy. He was fined five grand for kneeing Columbus's Zach Orinsky. That's not nice. And the Islanders Matthew Barzal, Barzal, right? He was fined five grand for high sticking Tony D'Angelo. Shifting over to women's hockey news, the 2023-24 rivalry series between the USA and Canada kicks off this week on November 8th and continues on Saturday, November 11th. The seven-game series kicks off at Mullet Arena. I still can't believe that is the name of a rink. In Arizona, actually now it makes sense, and can be viewed on the NHL Network, but that is not available on YouTube TV, and that makes Brandon sad. It really does. Come on, NHL, get with it. Get on YouTube TV, please. Come I will on. pay an extra $5. Come I I, give- I'm not paying for any of that. I want to watch this series. Come on. Get on the network. Let's do this. Jerks. I just say no thank you. And finally, in international news, the IIHF and the uh and the and USA Hockey announced the schedule for the 2024 Women's World Championship. Tournament will take place from April 3rd to the 14th in Utica, near Am I saying that right? Utica? Utica. Utica? Yeah. I feel like you would know yeah. that for some reason. Team US the Canada, some group of people north of us, Czech Republic, Finland, and Switzerland will be in group A, while group B will be made up of China, Denmark, Germany, Japan, and Sweden. In their preliminary round, each team will play the other four teams in its group. Team USA will open the tournament on April 3rd against Switzerland. That's the news from the past week in the NHL and beyond. Well, Coach Dan, is that the show for this week? I think that's it, buddy. All right, everybody. Well, if you would like to continue the conversation with Coach Dan or I, you can. It's real easy. Go check us both out on X. You can X post tweet. I don't know. No, no. I, I think that means something different than what you're intending. Yeah, I don't. I don't follow me. Don't on be the sending X. me X stuff. You're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> I work at a school. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, follow me on the X at Brando Cash. Coach Dan, where can people follow you on the X? Elon Musk is such a moron. <laughs> like, you're like, I have this. First of all, like, it's plummeted since he took over, and all because he was all upset about bots or something. Like, uh... Have you watched the. Could you uh, imagine the if pe- he owned a sports franchise? Well, that's intriguing. It'd be like, first of all, he'd have to buy a team in, like, didn't he move everything to Texas or something? So he would like, you know what? Actually, this would be great. Buy the Cowboys because they will then tank, and I'd be okay with that. Have Have you watched the the PBS Frontline show on Elon Musk and his purchase of Twitter? <laughs> no. You, Why? you should watch it. It's it's like an hour or two hour documentary about it, and I there's some stuff I I learned a lot about like why he did it and. And what his motivation was and everything. He's got too much money and he's he's thin-skinned. And just 
the stuff that he talks about too in meetings just it's it was it was wild i definitely would recommend watching that frontline episode because yeah wild wild way he thinks i just it's crazy (laughs) how many of his meetings should be emails (laughs) all of them so that's what it seems like yeah all of them. I have no idea what we're talking about anymore. But like, technically, shouldn't all all meetings just be emails? Because no, I, mean, honestly, I will argue against that point because there is often times where it is much easier to get something solved face to face. Yeah, just email me. I mean, I guess bullet it depends points. on your. So don't even write paragraphs either. Just write bullet points. I'll get I, it. I have learned that I've, when I first started my profession, I would write these long emails and they'd be paragraphs and. Our DFO at the time came to me and said, can you just bullet point, buddy? Like, I, it's yeah. so much easier for me to follow along. I appreciate <laughs> your passion, but, like, make it easy. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> my my bad. <laughs> I get going and I can't stop. Anyways, what the heck are we talking about? <laughs> Elon Musk X. No, what are we Where supposed to be talking you? about? I mean, finding me on that stupid bird website. Not even a bird anymore. That nah, killed it. Oh, uh, Anyways, you can find me on there at WTP Coach Dan talking all kinds of capitals related stuff. Also on there talking about Arsenal Football Club and how they got screwed out of at least probably didn't deserve three points over the weekend against Newcastle, but at least one that goal should not have counted. I don't know if the ball was out of bounds. I'll back off on that, but that's a foul on uh, Gabrielle. Back at its yellow card, at least, if not a red card, you can't go up and push someone in the back of the head. As we've learned on these shows that's basically a cross check in the back of the head. That's a suspension. That's two games, two to five games, depending on if you're repeat offender in the NHL. Okay. Also, they're talking about I'm wearing after a victory over the weekend, over the Patriots, the Washington commanders, Buffalo bills. Anyways, that's finding me on Twitter at WTP coach. Dan. but Hey, if you've enjoyed the show, go ahead and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what the puck pod. It's where we post when new shows are coming out as well as all sorts of other things related to the washington capitals the did i have that right and i read that right the ahl leading hershey bears i I like how that sounds i think i should double check that before i actually officially say come on computer make it happen all right i'm just gonna go with it because this thing's taking forever to load ahl what has happened to your website i'm starting to think it's your computer here it's 100% my computer. It's freaking <laughs> out. It did tell me before we started recording that I need an update. So that probably would have been a good idea. But anyways, we're also on there talking about South Carolina Stingrays, the Hershey Cubs and Cubby, and the National Hockey League. That's facebook.com slash pod. But Brandon, I was, as I'm rocking my commander's polo, talking about the Bills uh, is there a podcast someone should listen to if they happen to be a fan of a certain purple-clad team based out of Baltimore? That's right. You can check out my Baltimore Ravens podcast called The Call. It is available wherever you listen to this podcast. Me and my buddy Josh do two shows a week, and we talk all things Baltimore Ravens football, who are looking pretty good right now. They got a, they got a tough stretch coming up. They still haven't had a bye week. But uh, they're looking good. Everybody's talking about them. So why don't you hop on the bandwagon now uh, so you can prep? Super Bowl's only, you know, 90-some-odd days away. So be a good time if you aren't a Ravens fan to hop on the bandwagon now. Now, um, 
Make sure you are social with What the Puck. Write us an Apple Podcast review. Rate us over on Spotify. Let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and Hive and Mastodon and anywhere else you're social on the web or with your phone. Say, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I listen to What the Puck, and you should too. So let's go over the games until we talk again. On Wednesday, November 8th, the Capitals are in D.C. up against the Florida Panthers. It's Wednesday night rivalry night against uh, the Panthers. I guess that's somewhat of a rivalry that's after the fine. last couple the old, years. The old Southeast Division. Oh, yeah, Southeast Division. Remember those days? A simpler time. That game is at 7.30, and you can watch that nationally on TNT and Max. On Friday, November 10th, the, the Capitals travel up 95 to Newark, and they're up against the New Jersey Devils. That game's at 7 o'clock. You can watch that one on Monumental Sports Network 2. Then on Saturday, November 11th, the Capitals are on Long Island. I like how Coach Dan said on Long Island, not in Long Island, showing he's a he's a true native there. Up against the Islanders, that game's at 7.30. You can watch that one on the Monumental from Network as New well. York? <laughs> my Actually, my parents are from New York, but my dad's from Amherst, and my mother's from New Rochelle, so neither one of them are not that close. Isn't that just grammatically correct on Long Island? Because it's, oh, I guess you would say in DC, wouldn't you? Yeah. Huh. It, on Long Island is a Long Island thing. Oh, like is that it really? Is, that's how you know. That's how you know if someone is from Long Island. You say on Long Island. I guess you wouldn't say they're playing on Washington DC. I guess because it's it's the name. It's Island that's throwing me right because it was called like who's it in New York? Yeah, you like would say in New York. York. You wouldn't say huh. on on Manhattan. I didn't even notice that I did that, by the way. Like, you said that, and yeah. I was like, I did? Yeah. I had no idea. Look at that. <laughs> I don't even pay attention to myself. <laughs> and the final matchup until we talk again, the Capitals welcome the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights to town. That game is at 7 o'clock, and that's on the Monumental Sports Network. Also a rematch from 2018 where the Caps won their Stanley Cup. That's not forget it. It's dueling cups now. Do we do we care that it's a rematch after like five? Oh my god, it's been like six, five years now. It's crazy. End of the season it? will be six years since they won the cup. It, it feels ah, like it just happened. It's time for another one. Well, COVID, man, COVID Probably just felt, not it just feels season. like one long year, doesn't it? Like I know it. I know COVID's kind of been over for a while now, but it still feels like it was. That's just been one long year. It's it's nuts, but. Coach Dan, there is a back-to-back Friday, Saturday in New Jersey on Long Island. Which goalie is playing which game there? Ooh. Well, uh, got to hit the mic. Sorry. Uh, Kemper in New Jersey and Lindgren on Long Island. So you give them, you, well, which one's the tougher opponent? I mean, they're both they're both doing all right. Uh, I I mean, I, the Devils should be. The tougher opponent. I mean, they are. They're. I mean, everybody's so tight together with stands, but like the Devils are expected to be a much better team. So I'm throwing Kemper out against them. I mean, right now the Devils are second in the division with 15 points. They're four up on the Caps, seven, three, and one. They are two points up on the Islanders. Caps are two points behind the Islanders. Uh, you know, yeah. I would do. I would do Kemper against the Devils and lingering against the islanders 
All right, let's see if Coach Dan's right. We should tally this up every time there's a back-to-back. And if you get it right, you know, I'll give you a point or something at the end. We'll see how many points you got at the end of the season. Ooh, what do I win? <laughs> Zoom in on one win. of those Funkos. No, I'm just kidding. You win. Oh, yeah, let's uh, – you can yeah, – how about the – you can have this one-of-a-kind Brando Cash Funko right. Pop. You can give me the one back that I got you. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> I'm regifting. Have you ever been regifted a gift back? Have that has that ever happened to you? No. Oh, it has definitely happened to me before. <laughs> I don't think Where so. I get I gifted someone a, a gift for Christmas and the next year I got that gift back and they told me this long story of like how they picked it out for me or whatever and I'm like, I gave you this. <laughs> like, Ooh, that that's is... awkward. No, I mm. uh no. To answer your question, I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Well, yeah. That that's definitely happened to me. It is awkward and it was hilarious at the time. But anyway, that's it for what's going on uh, in Caps World. That's it for what the puck. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We will be back to our regular scheduled time next week because the Caps don't play on Wednesday next week. But anyway, that's it for the show. Everybody, say it loud. Say it proud. Let's. Go Caps! This has been a production of Brando Cash Entertainment. Music by DJ Wolfman. Voiceover by Sarah Jacks. For more information, go to brandocash.com.